Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Lonely Sluts Podcast. I'm Claire. And I'm Sarah. And this week, we're going to be talking about what do you do when your friends get in relationships? Um, This is something that has been relevant forever because I have been single forever, but the thing is the dynamic has been changing a little bit. I don't know if you've noticed this, Sarah, but like my friend group is smaller. When I was in high school or college, I had like a whole group of friends and we were hanging out. But now my friend group is shrinking just because being an adult, everybody moves to different places. And it's been very noticeable that couples are pairing off. Like I have a friend, like my best friend moved to New Orleans because that's where her boyfriend is. And then I had a good friend move to Pennsylvania because that's where his girlfriend was. And then I had like I have a friend who lives in Boston with her boyfriend. And I'm just kind of like, all right, guys, I'll be here. I what will say um, for me, people have mainly moved just because it's like post-graduation and that's where they could like find jobs or like they had to move in back in with their parents because uh, oddly enough, throughout high school and college, my closest friend group and I all essentially remained single. <laughs> like I've, oh. I've been pretty good at finding lonely people, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> shout out, shout out to all my closest friends, including you. <laughs> Yeah, thank you. No, that's so um, funny because I have been like the perpetually single one in my friend group since forever. All my friends have boyfriends all the time. Not all of them, but like most of them, especially the people I went to school with. I like uh like they've had like there's been flings and stuff, but there's only one of my close friends from high school um that I still talk to. She's the only one that's ever been in like multiple year long relationships like she's currently in a four year long relationship and she's the only one that i can really think of um i will say it has changed though for me now that i've moved to pennsylvania because now that i am closer to more family than i am friends um all of my family that is close to me in age is married or engaged and i am now the sole single one (laughs) and that's a very weird feeling um they're very all of them it's been me the whole time (laughs) (laughs) so now i'm getting a little taste of how you felt it feels weird yeah it's not my fave um it's a little bit of an interesting dynamic right now too because people live with their significant other and even if they don't people have just started bringing a plus one, like, if you don't, you're like, oh, hey, do you want to get dinner? And then you show up and there's good three of you and you're like, oh, I didn't know I was going to be a third wheel on these plans I made. Like, have you noticed that? I have noticed that. Um, there's only, I mean, there's only a few of my close friends that are actually in, as I said, long-term or, like, engaged relationships. But I will say the few times that that has happened, it has been... I don't know. I guess I should kind of expect it now, but it has been weird. Like if you just text the one and you're like, let's go get drinks or like, let's go get dinner. And then suddenly you're like, why do I feel like the odd man out here? <laughs> like, yeah, I made these yeah. plans. I don't and love it. Sometimes I will say like, I, I love having the other person there. Like it, they add to the enjoyment. And then other times you kind of just want alone time with the friend that you asked. So, well, my thing is like all my friends 
I've known forever. And so I'll be like, oh, do you remember that guy from like 2010 who did that one thing? And then the significant other is always like, <laughs> what? Like who? And I'm like, and it, I don't know. It just, it changes the dynamic. And I just don't know when bringing a plus one became like a given. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I feel like, and it is, it is a given because they don't even typically ask. They're not even like, oh, yeah. it's okay if like my partner comes. They just show up. <laughs> yeah. Or they'll be like, oh, we're doing, like, we're coming. And I'm like, oh, we? Which I is will, fine. I will say uh, Kelsey admitted to doing that the other week. That's funny that you mentioned that specifically because I don't know how it came up, but the royal we came up <laughs> using the royal we. And she was like, yeah, sometimes people will ask me like if I'm ready or if I'm coming over. And I'll say, yeah, we're coming over now. She's like, meaning Trey and me. And I was like, oh, so you do that. <laughs> well, that's fine if like they're both invited. I don't know. Well, it's okay. The thing is, it's mostly always fine because I t- generally like the people my friends date. Like, as of right now, I think I like all of my friends' partners. I'm going through the list in my head, and I don't have a problem with anybody. I like them. Have you ever had a problem with one of your friends' boyfriends or girlfriends? Um, Right now, I think I also like or actually really like all of my yeah. friends' partners. Or I will say I don't know them well enough yet to have a solid yeah. opinion. Like, I just mm-hmm. haven't hung out with them enough yet to have a solid opinion of them um but otherwise i I don't have any problems right now i i I like all of them (laughs) which is good for me yeah i would venture to say that i am now friends with like all of my friends partners like i have a friend who's married i'm friends with his wife i texted her for her birthday i like i feel like we're friends and like i don't know but is it like have you ever not liked one of your friends boyfriend or girlfriend I don't know if I've ever not liked. I've sometimes thought it was a little awkward. Um, once my friend dated one of my brother's friends, and that Ew. took some. So, like, I had grown up kind of with that friend in my house. Well, with both of them in my house, but just in separate degrees and manners. Um, and suddenly they started dating, and it was a little weird to get adjusted to. They're not dating anymore, but... um. They dated for like two years, and <laughs> it was a little weird to get adjusted to. Um, but I like both of them separately, so I didn't mind them together in the end. When I was in college, one of my roommates, my very best friend from forever, started dating this guy. And the thing is, we all met at the same time. He was a friend of one of her friends, and we all met on Halloween. And he was dressed as Superman, so we're going to call him Superman, which is ironic. And poor Superman, I think, was going through, like, a bump in his life. Like, he, like, ended up moving back home and his parents had moved. So he basically moved into our apartment. And let me tell you, I hated that so much. He was so awkward to talk to. Like, when I first met him, I thought he was hot. I, like, was like, oh, like, this could be – I was like, I was going to call dibs. I was going to be like, okay, I'll try it. But I'm glad I didn't. Um. He was so weird to talk to. He was like very monotone. I think he was probably depressed. He may be fun otherwise. But it was also so annoying because I could hear them through the wall just talking. And every time they would laugh, I would get like angry. And like (laughs) he left the toilet seat up, which like, okay, this is an apartment of four girls. And I 
found this is the grossest thing. I I had to say something. I really kept my mouth shut about the rest of everything, but I found his pubic hair like in the bathroom, and I was like, "Your boy has got to clean up." Uh, anyway, they ended up breaking up, and after they broke up, I was like, "Yeah, he seemed like a real dud," and she was like, "Really?" And I was like, "Yeah." But that brings up the point. What do you do if you really hate the guy your friend is dating? Like, I, I've never, this is the, that was the only example of any time close to that. But I did a little research. I'm a slut for research. And uh, Psychology Today, the love of my life, had an article called, What do I do? My friend is dating a jerk. And so in that, it kind of gives you a, a roadmap on how to deal with things. So the first thing is, this is a direct quote. This is written by Elizabeth DeVita Rayburn, and it was published in twenty er, 2006, but then it was last reviewed in 2016. But I think this is, like, relevant always. You know, I don't think this advice is going to be, like, outdated. It says, if the partner is abusive, either physically or emotionally, expert opinion is unanimous. Say something, even if you know it won't be well received. In murkier cases, start by exploring why you're having such a strong reaction. And they basically said after that, they were like, if it's not like a an immediately dangerous situation, the reason you don't like this person probably triggers something that you don't like for another reason. Like it may make you think of a trait that you don't like in somebody else. Like it could be so like innocuous. Like you had a teacher who you hated for a class that you hated and they used to do this one thing and your friend's partner does that one thing and it might be subconscious. You don't even realize it. But it could also be something that annoys you about yourself. Like if you think that you're too pushy and you're like, oh, I think this guy's too pushy. Like you could like be identifying a problem you have with yourself on that. And it's like there may be nothing wrong with him. It may just be you. And then it was like, so you basically have one chance to have a heart to heart with uh, your friend and then if they stick to their guns and they don't want to do anything about it you just have to leave it alone thoughts um i do understand the point of if you continually bring it up a you're gonna seem like the bad guy and b it's just gonna kind of get annoying and you're just gonna be harping on it um but if you really didn't like them and they just seem like they were like had very different lifestyles and like different things they wanted out of life and you just did not think that they were a good match and you didn't like them for x y and z reasons maybe i feel like you get more than one shot you i feel like you can get at least two shots <laughs> i think you have to space them apart oh yeah definitely space it apart don't bring it up one day and then be like let's get coffee tomorrow and then also talk about this again <laughs> yeah i think it's a fine line it says, basically, if they're set on loving that person, you're not going to change their mind. So Psychology Today basically told me to deal with it. So I was like, what's Cosmo have to say about this? Because Cosmo, they give out some bad advice. And I'm like, I need somebody. I need my crazy friend to tell me to text him. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm like, I need that kind of advice. Psychology like, Today I need is your reasonable, more level-headed yeah. friend. And Cosmo's like, dump his ass, girl. And you're like, yes, Cosmo. I needed someone to say that. <laughs> yes, yes. So I look up Cosmo. And the article I found was from 2012. And it spent the majority of it talking about Chris Brown and Rihanna. 
um, getting back together and how everybody was outraged about it. Mm -hmm. And then it brings it back to like a more universal theme. And the quote says, what do you do when the boyfriend hasn't actually done anything tangibly wrong? You just don't get on with them. And then it's then it says nothing. The only thing to do is just shut up and get over it. And I'm like, ah, Cosmo, you let me down. I'm looking for you to tell me to talk to them seven times. And when the seventh time doesn't work, egg his car. Like, ugh. And that's not what she told me. She, Cosmo, the individual. That's so upsetting. Very upset about it. I would have expected So basically they're just more. like, I know. But they're basically just like, deal with it. Like, you're just going to have to deal. Which is disheartening for me personally, but okay. It's disheartening, and but I also get where they're coming from in the fact that it is not your relationship. Oh, 100%. Um, yeah, not... But it it's just, just annoying because I want to have, yeah, I want to have more authority <laughs> in my friends' yeah, lives. Yeah, obviously, I I'm going to li- listen to me and value my opinion more. Yeah. <laughs> like, obviously, um, I'm going to listen to the psychology today, but I wanted Cosmo to give me something else. They didn't. My so I actually also found a Psychology Today article about how friends' approval is actually important to relationships. So it says why your friend's approval is so crucial to a relationship. And it basically states that um, relationships do not occur in vacuums. So romantic connections are within our broader (laughs) social lives, and they do not exist in a social void. Oh, that's really funny, because every guy I've been out with, it's been like a secret. So it's been a vacuum of my (laughs) fucking apartment. Yeah, well, you, like, I feel like you tell us about, like, you'll tell me and, like, other people. Yeah, but then I go on the podcast. But you don't, like, you don't let them interconnect in person. So, like, you'll, like, call me and tell me stuff. But, like, you, like, we, like, I've never met any of these boys. I think you, like, specifically has, like, forbid me from meeting T-shirt because (laughs) I would be (laughs) very rude to him. You're not allowed to meet T-shirt. I really shouldn't be in the same room as T-shirt, but unfortunately, I have to be sometimes. That's not a fair example. (laughs) That's, you know, that's your romantic connection being embedded within your broader social life of work. Um, yeah, it is. And it's fucking dumb, y'all. Don't date the men you work with. <laughs> um, yeah. So the article also mentions the social network effect, which I think is funny because it's not talking about social networking sites like Facebook, Twitter, all of that type of stuff. Um, I'm pretty sure this was coined in the early 2000s. Um, so it literally means our social network as in our friends and family. And it states that our relationships with romantic partners are enhanced when our social ties approve of the partner and that social network disapproval can lead to the end of a romantic relationship. So we have more influence than we thought we did from the other two articles we were reading. (laughs) Well, good. Um, It also states that an individual's characteristics play a role in determining how much others' opinions influence how we feel about relationships. So essentially, it was saying there were these two types of, like, people that it looked at, and there was independent reactants, (laughs) which are people... Oh, wait. What were you (laughs) saying? When you said that, my mind immediately went to the Britney Spears song, uh, Circus, where she goes, there's only two types of people People in the world independent reactants (laughs) and defiant reactants i was gonna say those that entertain and the ones that observe but okay fine (laughs) go ahead with your science 
Um, so the independent reactants are people who have a desire to resist the influence of others in the hopes of making independent decisions and choices. And then defiant reactants are basically people who have a desire to do the opposite of what others expect or push them to do. And it showed that the independent reactants people are less likely to be influenced by the social network's approval or disapproval of romantic relationships. So overall, the article was basically saying that we feel more connected to partners to the extent that others approve of them and relationships don't occur in vacuums. But depending on your own personal like decision making and personality traits, that will also influence how much you listen to your peers and family regarding their approval of your romantic relationships. Do you think you're an independent reactor or a defiant reactor? Um... I would like to think that I'm an independent uh, reactance person, but I know sometimes I definitely do things just to be defiant. Like if someone tells me to do something like or to not do something, I will be like, I can do what I want and do the opposite just to be defiant, not because I want to be my own, like be making an independent decision outside of their influence. Um, So I don't know. I think I'm a mix of both. I think I'm probably an independent reactant. I well, kind of do what I want. Aren't you just a little smarty? <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's I was me. Trying to, I was trying to land on like a good word. <laughs> well, aren't you a little smarty? I sure am. Thanks, Sarah. <laughs> that's where I fell. Um, so moving on from that. I found a couple other articles, a couple journal articles, um, because, you know, I'm a nerdy bitch, um, (laughs) regarding social network influence and, like, approval from family and friends and how it affects relationships. And this next one was called Family Matters, But Sometimes Chosen Family Matters More, Perceived Social Network Influence in the Dating Decisions of Same and Mixed-Sex Couples. And this was um, from Karen L. Blair and Caroline F. Pukal, published in the Canadian Journal of Human Sexuality. My um, favorite journal of human sexuality. I know. The Canadian Journal. Oh, we love it. They do it right. Um, so. <laughs> That's what they, you, you know what they say. Canada, they do it right. <laughs> um, so in this article, it says that social support for relationships has been shown to be associated with a wide variety of relational and health outcomes. Um, individuals who perceive more social support for their relationship also report higher levels of relationship quality, stability, satisfaction, and commitment. And these associations have been shown to endure over time. So those types of um, support (laughs) will predict quality well into marriage. It also said that although individuals in socially marginalized relationships, such as same-sex relationships, report that their relationships receive less support or approval, these individuals and their relationships still benefit equally from the support that they do receive. Um, I thought this was interesting that I looked at both LGBTQ and um, heterosexual couples, so I thought that was nice. Yeah, I bet it's different. yeah, no, it 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 is different. <laughs> you bet right. Um, oh. 
It said historically there's kind of been in the literature, there's been mixed findings on relative contributions of social support for relationships from parents versus friends or chosen family. Um, And so they looked into the role of past experiences, which I thought was interesting. So if individuals have had frequent experiences of disapproval in the past, they may come to expect this disapproval and therefore not give it much credence. Um, And if individuals have experienced disapproval in the past that was accurate, this may lead them to give future disapproval more credit. Um, So it kind of just looked, it broke down a lot of stuff actually about like past experiences and family and friends and the LGBTQ versus the heterosexual couples. But overall, the one of the main takeaways for this article was that the most important source of approval for the LGBTQ community that they surveyed was for chosen family or friends. And then for heterosexual people, they could p- usually pinpoint a family member um, as being the most important source of approval, which I feel like makes sense since historically, uh, unfortunately, LGBTQ individuals have faced a lot of disapproval um just of their lifestyle choices Mm -hmm. from family so they have to find their own chosen family which makes sense why they would want their approval for their romantic relationships i have a question for you yes i do you when you romantically consider somebody do you think about what the people in your life are going to think about them Oh, yes. Um, without a doubt. I Now that I live... Who is the first person that crosses your mind? It's not a person. It is the whole extended family that I have. The, I know for a fact that if someone can't survive hanging out with me and my immediate family and extended family, then they will not survive the relationship, as fortunate as it is. Um, so I always have to consider... Like, my family is just a lot... And I love them. I'm so glad that I'm hanging out with them more. It's been such a blast. But I know I will have to find someone who can endure like their form of like teasing and joking and like loudness and <laughs> everything to be able to, uh, you know, just keep up. Um, so That's I immediately so think interesting. of that. Because you think about it like the flip side of what I would think about. So like whenever I'm literally I'll be like swiping on Tinder or something and I'll look at this man and I go, oh, my dad would hate him. Like I don't think about like, oh, could he keep up with my family? I think I'm like, mm, my, you're oh, you like think about thinking about the family disapproving where I'm thinking about trying to get the friend or like yeah. the romantic partner to approve yeah. of the family. I Yeah. Yeah. You're thinking about the total opposite. Like I don't. I'm so arrogant because I I'm literally like, well, obviously if they like me, like they're going to stick around. It doesn't really matter. Like I'm so arrogant and I don't know (laughs) for what reason I am not sure. (laughs) I think I I mainly just don't want them like if they like me, I don't want them to have to put up with anything that makes them uncomfortable. If that makes sense. I have to put up with so much that makes me uncomfortable. That's just part of being like alive. Yeah, but they shouldn't have to deal with it from like, Something they chose to be a part of, like dating me. I don't know if that makes. I feel sense. like I, I feel like I would have to just like deal with their family. I guess I have a negative viewpoint. Like I'm like not thinking that I'm going to be friends. I think, oh God, this is so much of a deeper problem. I'm realizing right now. <laughs> Literally, I'm like as we're recording. I'm like, oh no. Do I see family as an obligation? <laughs> I think it's because I now that I'm hanging out with like my brother and his fiance, my cousins and their husbands. Um, and because 
Like, it, that's just the group that's hanging out. Like, all of the married in or engaged in members have meshed so well and all hang out together um, so well that it's just be kind of become like a big friend group. I just want that to happen for my future partner as well. I don't want that, like, him or, like, to be the odd person out, you know? I have no idea how that would happen in my family dynamic. In my friend circle, I think it would be fine. I think out of all the men I've been involved with in the past year or longer, football would have fit in with my friends and my family. But none of the other guys would. They Like, mm, I don't think, like, okay, it's super important to me that my brother, because he's, like, my best friend, that my brother likes the person I'm dating. But, like... He kind of hates the concept of dating in general. Like, I told him I had a date on last Friday, and he was like, yuck. Okay. And I'm like, sorry, I didn't realize you were still nine, but whatever. (laughs) Yeah. So I think that's interesting that we are totally opposite on that. I didn't think think we would be so far apart. Yeah. Interesting. Um, But okay. I found another article and related to this topic and it is called i love you not your friends links between partners early disapproval of friends and divorce across 16 years um oh, so fun. i know really fun so this topic. is so this is when you don't like your partner's friends so this looks at um like the positive and negative aspects that friends can have so like if they approve or disapprove basically and how that kind of may predict divorce rates um if the if it's disapproval of like the wife's friends versus disapproval of the husband's friends if that has any more like weight uh and just all these different things um so this is published in the journal of social and personal relationships and by Catherine el fiori et al Uh, One of the oft-cited health benefits of marriage, it says, is the joining of two social networks, as individuals are thought to be given access to greater social resources. However, married individuals may not fully capitalize on these social resources, as a recent study found that they reported less contact with their family, friends, and neighbors than unmarried counterparts. I guess it's because they now can depend on each other more so than having to look outward for things um despite their yeah. groups now being larger uh it also says friendship networks are thought to naturally become more interdependent the longer individuals are together with sharing friends being treated as an indicator of couple commitment which i thought was interesting hmm. um it also says however couples do not fully or uniform uniformly combine their networks spouses can maintain both mutual and separate friendships, which I think is healthy. I think you should have oh, yeah. mutual friends that you as a pair can hang out with, but also separate friends that you guys can hang out with at separate times. Yeah, because like you have different interests and you can have a friend with whatever niche interest that you have that your spouse doesn't. That totally makes sense to me. Or like your work friends or whatever. Yeah. Like you don't have to hang out with my work friends. You don't know about like the work dynamic. That's fine. Yeah, so um, the results of this. So this study also looked specifically at white couples and black couples. And so the results were the negative aspects of couples' friends' ties are more powerful predictors of divorce than positive aspects. So essentially the approval didn't mean as much as a disapproval from a friend would mean. Um, That makes sense to me. That makes sense to me too because I feel like not as many people – 
voice positive aspects as frequently. So they're not as often like, man, like I really love your partner. Like, isn't it great how appreciative and grateful and like all this stuff he is rather than people being like, wow, isn't he always so rude to you? Or like, doesn't he never like clean or do his part of the chores? Like, I feel like it's more easy to point out the bad things and that will build up over time more easily. Um, Another result of the study said that at least early in marriage, husbands' negative perceptions of wives' friends are more predictive of divorce than wives' negative perceptions of husband's friends, which I did not like. I don't like the fact that the man not liking the woman's friends would more likely end up in divorce than the woman not liking the man's friends for some reason. Like, that um, upset me because it sh- I feel like that should just be 50-50. <laughs> like, I don't know. <laughs> I think it mainly just upset me because it felt like the wife's opinion of the friends wasn't like it didn't hold as much value as the husband's negative opinion of her friends. So like not even the fact that they don't get along, but just like it didn't necessarily have the same outcome. Like, I don't know. I guess I'm not hoping that they get divorced because they don't like their friends, but it just seemed weird that earlier in marriage, the husband's negative perception was more predictive. Maybe it's because, Maybe it's because the husband, like, makes a bigger deal out of it. Like, the wife will just deal if she doesn't like mm-hmm. his friends, but he, like, will throw a, a hissy fit about it, and that's a symptom of a bigger problem. I have to also be perfectly honest. We're throwing out all these speculations, but I did not thoroughly read this journal article. I skimmed it oh, I, and read the All abs- I know is what you've said. <laughs> yeah, no, I've I've read the abstract, and I've skimmed some of the intro and the ending, so it might have actually more in-depth explained some of these results but i also think it's fun just to speculate on their general conclusions i like just guessing no evidence me exposing my gender bias like to the nth degree yes so (laughs) um, just wanted to put that out there but the there's two more general conclusions that they reached and um the third one was friendship disapproval may be less critical in the marital lives of black husbands and wives than of white husbands and wives which I thought was interesting, which I've said about 15 times about all the things that we've found today, but I find a lot of this stuff interesting. Um, and we're talking about it. Yeah, and that's why it's being brought up. But the fourth conclusion was the association between disapproval of wives' friends at year one and divorce may be partially explained by wives' friends interfering in the marriage. Um, Oh, totally. Dudes aren't going to be, like, texting, like the the husband and be like hey you should tell your wife this like and wives friends are gonna totally be like you need to tell your husband this and this and this and like i i totally i i feel that yeah no that that one kind of made sense to me too so <laughs> yeah so women I- are controlling <laughs> <laughs> That's our main takeaway from today. Uh, women All right, everybody. Are I hope you enjoyed this podcast. Women are controlling. Um, okay. Yeah. So moving on. <laughs> Do you you have a couple more articles, right? Yeah, I was gonna say. So okay, say your friends don't, or say you don't like your friend's partner. What if it is just your own baggage? Like, what if it is just something that you are projecting on them because you don't like it about yourself or like something that like you don't like about somebody else that you're like transferring over your dislike. What do you, do you think that's something that happens a lot? Um, I think it's something that happens. I 
like to think that that's never the case that's happening with me, but <laughs> of course it probably is. Like, who knew that past traumas could influence my mind today? What? What? <laughs> um, <laughs> things that happen to you affect your perspective? Who'd have thought? Okay. Well, I found an article that's called Three Reasons Why You Resent Happy Couples. And I don't necessarily think I resent happy couples, but I was like, let's uh, find mm, out I do. Why. I think I do sometimes. <laughs> it's all a case-by-case basis. I resent mushiness. I don't know. Anyway, so the three reasons are, the first one is that happy couples represent intimacy that is missing from your life. So this is exactly that projecting thing. This makes you aware of like, the things the, that you aren't getting in your own life. Yeah, 100%. And all three of these reasons are exactly the same. Happy Reason number two, happy couples put you in touch with yearning for a healthy relationship. And the third one is happy couples awaken feelings of loneliness. So basically, they just remind you that you're alone. and that Which, like, duh. Yeah, I mean, I that makes sense, though, because sometimes... I feel totally fine being alone and I'll do stuff on my own and I will be okay with it. And I won't think that there's any problem. And there isn't really any problem until I see a very loving, intimate couple being all happy and stuff. And I'm like, huh. I'm like, maybe I do want that. Like, maybe I am missing that. Hmm. Yeah, I'll go hang out. With some of my friends, like, I will be in a good mood, everything will be fine, I'll go hang out with some of my friends who are, like, in a relationship, and it'll be, like, me and two couples, and then I'll go home, and I'll be like, wow, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm lonely, (laughs) and I didn't know it until just now, so that's, um, fun. Who'd have thought that hanging out with friends could make you feel worse (laughs) sometimes? So our two main takeaways are women be <laughs> controlling and sometimes hanging out with your friends can make you feel worse. <laughs> so at the end of this article, um, this was written by Sean Grover, he, which I can't take Grover seriously because I think of Sesame Street, but this is a Psychology Today article. And he is a group therapist, like he leads group therapy. And so what he he's taking his experience in a group therapy setting to like tell you how to fix it. And so I'm going to read this like verbatim. Though we may gather comfort from judging others, it is a bitter pleasure that never lasts. After nearly 25 years of leading therapy groups that focus on building healthy relationships, I can tell you this. No one stumbles into a happy relationship without working on themselves. Happiness is something you bring into a relationship, not something bestowed on you by others. Basically, he was like, okay, so next time you find yourself resenting a happy couple, push aside your resentment and ask yourself, how can I get some of that? Which I found wholly unhelpful. That information did not make me feel better. It did not give me any insight on just push aside your resentment and be like, how can I get some of that? Because that is the whole, oh, I have, I'm like, this gets me heated because it's like, no one stumbles into a happy relationship without working on themselves. What do you think I'm doing? What I'm working on myself. What is anybody else doing? It's yeah, very no, frustrating. To me. I I don't like that either because a it doesn't other than the very cliche of like you have to find like inner peace first before you stumble into a relationship um that everyone always says 
I like it didn't provide any good tips. <laughs> like it didn't. I don't know. It didn't, didn't do any steps forward. Like, okay, now what? Like, how do I do that then? <laughs> like, I don't know. I feel like I do a lot of inner work. I read a lot of books on how to deal with like, because I, I am and vulnerability. I, I, and- yes, vulnerability and shame and intimacy and relationships and attachment styles and like uh, interpersonal relationships. I literally do all this. And I, like, make an effort to be explicit about what I want. And I'm, like, always trying to be better and more clear. And you know what? I've played therapist to a lot of men who, like, still leave and don't, like, work on themselves at all. They just dump it on me and leave. And it doesn't – no matter how much I, like, work on myself, I can't have them not work on themselves. Like, I don't know. That, like, really – it it strikes a nerve. Like, like that – it, like, pisses me off viscerally. Working on yourself, like, forever. Yeah. And still not find someone else who has also been trying to work on themselves. Yeah, it's... Yeah, exactly. It's... I... I I resent that a lot. And I'm gonna talk to this man, Sean Grover, and be like, I need something else that's not helpful. And he's gonna be like, come to my group therapy. I also think that I don't like that, though, because I don't entirely subscribe to the idea that... You have to fully love yourself before you can love someone else because sometimes someone else loving you shows you how to properly love something and shows you like healthy ways of doing things. Not saying that you should fully rely on someone else or you should like expect happiness to only come from being in a relationship, but sometimes it shows you what like love is and it shows you how to healthily do that and that can then lead you to looking forward and doing the same mm-hmm. things for yourself. Um, so I don't think that everyone's like, well, you can't love someone till you love yourself. Like, stuff it. <laughs> like- yeah. I don't know. I just – it that personally makes me angry because I am working on myself all the time in many different ways. Like, I'm trying to become, like, self-actualized and, like, let go of, like, a lot of insecurities I have. Like, I'm trying really hard. And it's not my fault that the guy's – I encounter are not self-actualized. If anybody knows a self-actualized man, uh, send him my way because I'm fucking looking. I um, <sighs> I would like one too if there's any leftovers. <laughs> oh, see, that's you need to put yourself first. You need to ask, not for leftovers, Sarah. That's <laughs> you're like, see, that's part of the problem. Yeah, you should be your it. own priority. <laughs> yeah, dude. Uh, Sarah, you need to learn to love yourself before you can love someone else. My third eye is, like, so freaking open right now. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Clara. I feel like I can really move forward in peace. (laughs) You're welcome. Okay, changing topics. Um, (laughs) Yeah, because I could just be mad about that indefinitely. So we talked about not being friends with your friend's significant other. But I would say most of my experience, it's been fine and easy to be friends with my friend's significant other because I like my friend, so I usually like the people they pick to hang out with, you know? Yeah, for the most part, I think my friends are good judges of character. Um, I will say I've had one or two friends that I think are kind of bad at being alone, so they have stumbled into relationships that weren't maybe particularly great for them. Um, And sometimes... It's not even that the other person was bad. It's just that I think them being together was bad. Like, it seemed like they were more friends than they were partners. But one half of 
the relationship didn't understand that. <laughs> and That's so there's been instances, yeah, there's been instances where like that. Um, but overall, I think most of my friends are pretty good judges of character and they find people that are compatible with them. And since I'm already compatible yeah. with my friend, it it's usually works to out. Get yeah. Along with them. You probably have shared interests. You probably have similar intellects because, you know, you're running in the same circles. Like I think it's mostly fine in my experience. Like I'm friends with all of my friends, significant others at this point that I know well. But um so how do you I know you right now are living with an engaged couple. How are you dealing with being do you feel like you're a third wheel a lot of the time? It's been really weird because we've like this summer is like a limbo summer. So it's not like I feel like I haven't been existing in real adult life. Uh because none of us are employed right now. We've all been looking for employment. Um, my brother's fiance is currently studying. How for are the y'all bar. affording rent? I've saved up some money, so I've been able to afford rent, but just not anything luxury. Okay. <laughs> like no luxuries right now. Um, and thankfully I know that if I were ever in like a pinch, I can rely on my family. So I No, have that's a lot nice. Of I'm just saying like three unemployed people sharing a house, nobody's like pulling the weight on this. I just thought it was really funny. Yeah, <laughs> um yeah that's thankfully i uh didn't pay rent in my dad's house for two years so oh, that helped <laughs> god i forgot about that but i so yeah so she's been studying for the bar every single day for like two months and she takes it at the end of july so for the most part of the day it's me applying to jobs and like just lazing about the house maybe running an errand or two or like cleaning something and my brother kind of doing the same or like playing video games or doing yard work. And so we've really just been hanging out, <laughs> not doing a whole lot. And when we do all hang out, it's very normal. Like I don't really super feel like a third wheel because they're not, they can get kind of affectionate with each other, but they're not a super, super overly affectionate, like all over each other couple. Um, so when we all hang out, it's kind of just like three pals just doing That's stuff. Nice. <laughs> That's nice i have a lot of experience being not just a third wheel but mostly like a fifth wheel or sometimes a seventh wheel or um coming up i'm taking a trip and i'm gonna be a ninth wheel which pisses me off because i planned the trip and then i realized that everybody had a (laughs) um yeah, but I'm like, co- great, our single friend who doesn't have to be distracted by a relationship can plan this amazing trip. <laughs> <laughs> I found the Airbnb. I called dibs on the king bed. Oh, so um, at the people who I'm going with, who I know listen to this, I'm sleeping in the king bed. Okay, thank you. Um, <laughs> so there's that. But. It's mostly fine. I think it's actually better when I'm not the th- when I am the fifth or the seventh wheel or the ninth wheel because then you kind of break off into like littler groups and you're not necessarily like it's not as obvious. It's not like couple, 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 you. Yeah, <laughs> it's more it's, like couple and you, and like couple, couple, and another or couple. Like and in like that maybe many like the, people, it'll be like two like girls, the girls and, guys. and what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it it breaks off and it's like fine and it feels a little bit less like nauseating um but i was trying to find some articles on like how to deal with being a third wheel and guess what there's a wiki how so we're gonna go through that oh, i love wiki how there's oh, a wiki my how God. for everything yeah if you were ever One wondering day we should just 
go through wiki house for things oh i'm sure there's some great ones so this was um written by claire with a k k l a r e heston and she's a clinical social worker so she actually has some experience on this and this was updated in march of 2019 so this is accurate um written by a social worker so let's fucking go it has 59,000 views. So 59,000 people have been like, how do I be a third wheel? Or one very forgetful person has yeah, clicked like on this article a lot of 59, times. 59,000 <laughs> times. Okay, so there are three different like segments of this. One is handling being a third wheel on a date. One is handling being a third wheel in a romantic relationship. And one is managing being a third wheel in a friendship. And there's different steps for each of them. So on a date, the first step is act positively. <laughs> um, it's like it might not be you're going to say act natural. <laughs> <laughs> act natural. Pretend like you're fine. No, it says act positively. It's basically like don't go into it being like super negative. It's like have a good attitude. Be chatty. Be like offer to buy a round of drinks if y'all are getting drinks. Mm-hmm. Like you're show up. Like if you're there, you're there. Like have a good time. The second thing is be supportive. So instead of like focusing on the fact that you are the third wheel to your friend's relationship, be moral support. Be like, oh, like, I don't know. It'll make it feel like less of a chore if you were genuinely happy for these people. The third step is my personal favorite. It says try not to make things awkward. <laughs> um, Don't keep referring to yourself as the third wheel or lament your singleness. Um, don't wallow in self-pity and making things uncomfortable. I want to like put a little note in here. I feel like I don't constantly refer to myself as a third wheel, but when I hang out with my friends who are in relationships, I feel like 90% of our interaction is my storytelling being like, yeah, y'all won't believe this shit that happened on this dating app that y'all aren't on. And so I'm like explaining fucking dating culture to these people. And I feel like a lot of the focus is me being like, being single is wild, y'all. Not fun, but wild. And so, like, I'm worried about <laughs> that. No, I've had that same thing happen, though, because all of the like my family members that I hang out with now, like that little group I was telling you about, they all got together before dating apps yeah. were really a thing. So they've all been together for like five to like seven years. So it's like such a and novelty for them and not like a yeah, and painful so they're, chore. They're really interested in mine in particular. They are confused about how it works. <laughs> they like swiping through. They I remember my cousin accidentally super liked someone oh, online. No. And I was like, oh, that was a mistake. But yeah, no, it's very it's very interesting um, because it, that does often come up in conversation because I am the only single one, too. So yeah. I get where you're coming from. Yeah. There. Okay. So the next step on handling being a third wheel on a date is bring your phone. It's like it might be rude to be on your phone typically, but this can provide some distance from the couple um, if they need it, if you need it. I'd basically be like, just don't go. But yeah, if if you feel like you're going to be on your phone a lot, I feel like at that point you should, probably shouldn't go because it's just going to be weird for both of you if you're just there but yeah, also exactly. kind of apart. The next step is let them know if you feel uncomfortable. The worst case scenario is when they start getting hot and heavy. That's what it says. <laughs> um, and you should let them know if that's uncomfortable for you. <laughs> 
God, I hope they'd have enough social etiquette yeah, to not right? do that in front of their friend. But Steps. could you imagine if oh the three God. of you were just like hanging out a house and like watching a movie and then they just started going at it and you're like, can you, can, hey can guys, you pass the popcorn? This is making like, me feel <laughs> uncomfortable. Um, st- six is invite someone else. So <laughs> it's like, um, but it says Turn make that plans third out. wheel date into a double date. Yeah. Hell yeah. That's yeah. That's better. Um. Yeah, this way no third wheel dynamics will develop. And number seven is go somewhere else. It says if you find yourself in a third wheel situation that is miserable, just get out of there. Just leave. <laughs> yeah, honestly, don't go. Like if you're going to be uncomfortable, like don't go or yeah, or leave. Honestly, take that JoJo's feels, advice and just leave. That get out. so much better. <laughs> that I was going to start singing that, but that's not what that's about. I was going to be like, get out. Right now, it's the end of you and me. But I don't want to break up with my friend. That's yeah. A- I'd cut it off before. Uh, yeah, before just that play part. the first it's just, stanza. It's really Get just out those like three. Right now, <laughs> that's it. <laughs> cut off scene over. <laughs> me all the time. Um. Okay, so this is how to deal with being a third wheel in a romantic relationship. Step number one is arrange times to hang out with your friend. Um, try setting up a coffee or lunch date in advance, one-on-one time. So don't have them bring their significant other. And you need to specify that you don't want their significant other there. <laughs> Which I feel like could cause some problems, but it shouldn't. But I feel like it could. Yeah, agreed. But that's step one. Step number two is get to know your friend's partner. Um, if appropriate, try hanging out with just your friend's partner. And y'all might develop a friendship on your own. That feels weird, but... I feel like that could also cause some problems. It shouldn't, but it could. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that's okay. Um, Number three is be more independent. It's basically like do stuff on your own. Like don't hang out with your (laughs) friends. Who needs friends? Yeah. (laughs) Get out right now. That's step number three. Number four. Oh, my God. I wish I could show this picture on this WikiHow article. Step four is give the couple space. And the, the way this picture is, is a man looking very terrified on one end of the bed, a woman looking really pissed off on the other end of the bed, and a man in the middle with his arms around both of them smiling so big. (laughs) I don't think they found the appropriate image for this lesson. It says give the couple space, so it's basically like don't insert yourself into things that you don't need to be inserted in, which like I think this picture is accurate because that guy in the middle shouldn't be there. Uh, it just sounds so funny oh it is just so happy to be there and they're like please for the love of god like the man in the couple looks terrified and the woman in the couple looks pissed and he's just like cheesing so big okay number five is be supportive which is true in the first one too number six is number six is find your own partner You know how to stop being a third wheel, you loser? Get your own partner. Yeah, get a fucking date, you nerd. Oh. And it's like, then you can go on double dates. I'll get get right on it. Oh, cool. I didn't even think of that. That's such a great idea. Thanks, WikiHow. Okay. Then this last one is about being a third wheel in a friendship, which is like, there's three of you who are best friends. Do you want to go over this? This is not the same thing. 
Um, sure, because I'm a little curious. Okay. It says, talk to your friends. If you're a part of a friendship trifecta and feel the other two members are spending too much time together, talk to them about how you feel. They may not realize they're excluding you and hurting your feelings. Um, number two is work on your friendships. Your friends might be going closer because you're not pulling your weight in the relationship. There's a tendency for pairing in the three-person relationship, and to avoid this, it's important you make yourself available. Avoid skipping group activities. Be supportive. Otherwise, your friends might bail on you in the future is literally what it says. Number three is branch out. If your friends are pairing off, it might be a sign that you need to get new friends. Get out get new friends. right now. Yeah. Get a new uh, relationship. Just get everything. Just start yeah. fresh. Move towns. <laughs> yeah. Number four, uh, Sean Grover would like this advice. It's work on you. Um, think of your friends pairing as an opportunity to work on you. Spend some time enjoying your hobbies or picking up new ones. Concentrate on work or school. That just sounds so lonely these are like really <laughs> i felt like i was being third wheeled in my friendship so i uh just picked up a textbook and went to work <laughs> <laughs> that fixed everything i'm great at chemistry now but i have no friends <laughs> oh no thanks WikiHow. <laughs> number five is schedule some group activities which is the opposite of the last piece of advice um it says try having a party and <laughs> inviting a bunch of people you know um, number six is expand your group. Who says you should only have two friends? Bring some new people into the mix. So that feels like the same exact advice as, uh, number five and also number three, which was branch out and, uh, schedule group activities and have a party. So there's that. That's how you deal with being a third wheel in a date setting, a relationship setting, and then a friend, what do they call it? A friendship trifecta, which, you know. <laughs> Which I feel like is a more middle school problem than anything else. But just in case you're encountering that, WikiHow's got answers for you, too. Okay, Sarah, what are your final thoughts on this friend-boyfriend, friend-girlfriend situation? Um, My final thoughts are, obviously, when a friend is dating someone, it is ultimately their life, their decision, their relationship. But, um... It is nice to know that sometimes friend and family approval and disapproval can affect uh, a relationship, especially if you do not think that they are like it's a good relationship um, that will benefit each other. Uh, So that's nice to know. And um, thankfully, I like all of my partner's friends. Not my partner's friends. <laughs> oh. My friend's partners. That's a whole Plot twist, thing. guys. I'm like, who are you seeing? I have a partner seeing? I didn't even know about. What? Um, really, this is actually just a mystery podcast. And I've had amnesia this whole time. <laughs> oh, but. Wow. <laughs> but no, I think it's. I think it's nice that I get along with all of my friends' partners. Um, I think they've all chosen very well. And despite it being a little weird sometimes when you think it might just be like a solo hang with your friend and they're there, uh, overall, I like hanging out with them too. And so it's never really that big of a problem. Yeah, basically, it's just you got to verbalize your needs, which is something that I think you need to do all the time. And know your place. Like, your opinion has value, but you are not the dictator of your friend's life. In conclusion. I will, oh, sorry. I will say I did see something earlier today as well, though, 
um, about how to bring it up uh, when you don't like the partner of a friend. And it was to the friend. And um, it was always like, don't uh, be mean about it. And don't be super emotional. Like, plan out what you want to say. Yeah. Say things like, I feel, instead of you should or you shouldn't do I statements. Yes, everybody. If you take one thing away from this podcast is use I statements. Don't start with, you are doing this. Start with, I feel this way when this happens. And then obviously if the other person gets offended or if they are not super willing to compromise because you know it's their romantic partner, um, try and find a middle ground in a more respectful way and just don't get too outbursty about it, basically. (gasps) Sarah, do you want to do a little role play? Sure. Do you want to be... Do you, okay, we'll Who do an example. <laughs> you, you'll you be the friend with the boyfriend who I hate, okay? <laughs> All right, I'm excited. And we're going to do the wrong way and then the right way. Are you ready? Can I, like, <laughs> improv? I mean, obviously, the whole obviously, thing is Obviously, this whole exercise. Like- <laughs> yes, you can, okay? And yes, okay. yes, and. Okay. Hey, Sarah. Um, I just want you to know that I think Jeff is a total douchebag and I have no idea why you're going out with him. Like, he's a dick. Um, well, Jeff is the love of my life and we're definitely planning on getting married and having six kids on a farm in Oakland. And uh, I just think that you need to stuff it, Claire. <laughs> Sarah, Jeff is five foot three and unemployed. I don't know what the fuck you're doing with your life. You want to have kids he with has, this man? He has his dad's inheritance, Claire. We're going to live his off of that. His dad works at a CVS. I don't want to hear this. His dad is the owner of that CVS. Okay, either he way. stole it in a business agreement. <laughs> <laughs> Look, it doesn't matter. Okay, fine. Finances aside, he doesn't treat you well. He doesn't pull his weight. I like you're he's not spending time. Weights. You're not spending time with any of your friends. All you do is hang out with him, and he's just n- not good enough for you. I'm sorry. Well, you know what, Claire? I don't think you know what's good enough for me or not. You don't seem like a very good judge of character if you don't like my very short, unemployed boyfriend. <laughs> okay, fine. I'm gonna follow JoJo's advice and get out right now. And please do. <laughs> and scene. Okay. So you know, I uh, I just realized I said. Oakland, and I'm pretty sure that's in California. It definitely is. <laughs> I think it. I meant Oklahoma. <laughs> I thought you were just. <laughs> I thought you meant California, and I was like, "Oh shit, Jeff's." I wanted to away. roll with it. <laughs> okay, and so the correct way of doing this would be like, "Hey, Sarah, thanks for getting coffee with me today." No problem. I know we've both been a little busy, so it's nice we could finally get together to catch up. Yeah, how are things with Jeff? Um, things are going good. You know, he's still unemployed, uh, still living at home, still very short, but I think the relationship has a great future and I love spending time with him. So it's been good. Thank you for asking. Well, that's good. I'm glad that you like spending time with him. I feel like I haven't seen much of you since y'all have started dating at all. Yeah, I'm sorry about that. I feel like I I got really invested in Jeff and planning our future once things started getting serious. So I can see how it kind of started to pull back a little bit. Well, thanks for acknowledging that. I'd like to spend more time together. Like, can we make a regular date to get coffee more often? 
Yeah, sure. Um, Jeff and I do squash tournaments every other week. Uh, so on the off weeks, we can definitely hang out. Okay, great. I would really appreciate it if it was just you and me at these outings so we can catch up on stuff that we haven't been talking about. Yeah, definitely. I've been missing, I've been needing some girl time, you know. Jeff and his 12 brothers, like, it's just, it's a, a guy's house, you know. So oh, this would be really sure. nice to get away. Yeah. Do, do they also work at that CVS's data? <laughs> Um, yeah, it's a little, little bit of nepotism, but they fill every position. Oh, cool. All right, I can't. I just... <laughs> I think I that went we... really well. <laughs> At least we have a standing date so, like, I can work on my plan going forward. Yeah. I don't know how you're going to get me out of this relationship. <laughs> yeah, you're really invested in Jeff, the short unemployed he's unemployed but all of his brothers <laughs> there weren't any positions left claire there's 12 of his brothers they filled every position there's only 12 spots at the cvs there's a pharmacist it's not a big cvs okay. he got it i told you he got it out of a bad business deal he he stole it it wasn't a great one though oh wow okay so um if y'all have any other scenes you want us to try for improv, let us know. That's something we do now, apparently. Um, as always, thank you so, so, so much for listening. I appreciate it. I hope you learned something today. I hope you learned how to use I statements and um, how to deal with being a third wheel, if that comes up for you. If you have any stories, comments, suggestions, topics, if you want to be a guest on our show, let us know. We are The Lonely Sluts on Instagram and Twitter, and we also have a Gmail, thelonelysluts at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. I think that's all I have for this week, Sarah. Um, yeah, I think you wrapped it up pretty nicely. So, see okay. you guys next time. Yeah, thanks. We'll talk at you next week. Bye.